several people already, but I still want to throw my welcome in there to you. We are continuing our series that Pastor Scott kicked off last week called The Next Generations, Passing Down Our Active Faith. And I want to, I want to pause for just a moment and say that while today we're going to be talking a, a, a lot, uh, pretty specifically about little kids and, and, and especially parenting, um, that th- this series is intended to have uh, touch points for everyone who, whether you're a parent or not a parent, you have influence over the next generation in some circle that you're in. And so hopefully through some of these stories, you'll be able to find a way to, to apply that to the situations that you're in now. So um, yeah, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to focus our attention this morning on the little kids in our lives. And specifically, we, we've invited some experienced wise ones with multiple years of experience of raising the next generation. And so I would like to introduce the panelists that are joining us this morning, Carissa Martin, Karen Gibbons, Sherry Hall, and Larry Coffey. Yeah, please give them a round of applause. You're, You're bound to hear some very sage wisdom and advice from all of these people. I have sat under their tutelage for many years about parenting. So, um, yeah, so let's listen. Just a reminder, um, and Pastor Scott talked about this last week. For the last couple of weeks, we have been receiving questions from the community online and in person through the pyramid. Um, and so we're going to do our best to tackle, not we, they are going to do, let's be clear, are going to do their best to tackle some of the questions that were submitted. And so we're going to jump right in. And the very first, I want to tell you too, they know these questions ahead of time. I'm not shocking them with, because some of them are a little tough. So we wanted them to chew on it for a little bit, right? So, um, and you, you may or may not hear from each person on each question. So, all right, with the very first question, what is the best way you have found to share your faith with the kiddos in your lives? Don't everybody go at once. I think in our home, and um, for, if you don't know, my husband is Pastor Scott. And I think um, some people who probably don't know us well assume pastors, like we sit and have discipleship with our children each night. <laughs> um, that's not really the case, um, but... What we have found, and we've tried a lot of things over the years, is just general conversation with our kids. And um, when Scott and I are actively engaged in our relationship with God, then it's part of natural conversation. And rather than trying to preach at our kids or be really like try to fit in like Bible study every week or something like that, it's for us, it's just been the trying to engage them in their everyday questions and talk about God in relationship to how we really see him and experience him. So that's for us just natural conversation. Um, Those of you that may not know me, I have five children. Um, They are adults with cars and jobs. (laughs) And I feel, yes, thank you. I feel like that deserves a round of applause. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So it's it's been tough, but, you know, I think... The biggest thing I've learned about sharing my faith with my children is my everyday life and just living honestly in front of my kids. Uh, But, you know, not overly informational. Appropriately, you know, you want to just make sure age-appropriate conversation. But just being honest with my kids about my own victories and weaknesses 
and being willing to, you know, say, I'm sorry, or here's where I messed up, or when they boldly tell me where I messed up, uh, being willing to just receive that and say, okay, thank you. I will work on that <laughs> and have a conversation. I think that's the biggest part. Um, and then I think that really models your faith mm. for kids to be able to see that as they grow. And just so you know, I called my grown children to ask them, okay, where did I mess up <laughs> and where did I do okay? So just want you to know, I'll be speaking from that. <laughs> Karen, I think you bring a great point, and both of you do, but um, I, I love the way that you, uh, we've got different ages of kids represented by these parents, and I think um, one thing that stood out to me about what you said is that that's, that's how we model our faith to every generation, even the generations that are above, or, you know, ahead of us, is just by living our lives with an authentic faith. So I think there's one, at least another, you know, another touch point for everyone, whether you have kids yourself or not, that is just a great, a great way to share your faith. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm gonna just tack on just a little bit, because I think what what both Chris and Karen said is is how I try and show my um, faith journey to my child is through examples, through when, you know, and I think some of the best teaching moments and sharing faith is when you mess up. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, just saying, you know, I'm sorry. I am not perfect. I am trying. I am trying to be more like Jesus every day, but I am not there, and I'm never going to get there. And it's okay to call me out and it's okay to talk about how I messed up and you learn to do better. You learn to take a breath before you react. You learn patience and it's, it's really in the mistakes, I think, sometimes that you build the relationship with Jesus the best. Yeah, what, what they said. What they said. <laughs> um, yeah, that, um, again... Um, Continue with that. Uh, one of the things that in, in, in my faith life that, that you know, uh, applies to, to my children and, and anyone is, um, you know, you may be the only Bible that anyone ever reads, okay? And so your actions, you can talk a good game at the house, but when you're out in public, if you're showing something completely different, someone much smaller is going to pick up on that. And... Uh, Mary's very good about reminding me of that uh, that particular aspect of my life, but I think that's probably the big thing, and and being able to uh, admit to your children that hey, I'm wrong uh, is an important thing. I I don't know about y'all. I'm the generation I'm in. I don't think my parents ever admitted they did something wrong, and so uh, I think it's I think it's it helps them to understand that that you're human and. You make mistakes, too. I mean, uh, if someone has gone to, if you've got a, it's a special class that they give you before you leave the hospital or anything like that, I'd like to know about it <laughs> yeah. uh, so we can pass that on. Because I remember taking back home, and it was just like, now what do we do? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I 
often thought that there should be classes like if, like there are for getting your driver's license, right? Doesn't that make sense that we would want to have some kind of, you know, more skills assessed before we are able to take these tiny humans home from the hospital? Um, I want to touch on something that you guys all have alluded to, and I love that that because um, this was something that was important in our family as well. Apologizing to your children for making a mistake is an incredibly humbling experience. Um, it's humbling always to apologize to anyone, but it's so critical and it is so important. And in our house, we allow we had what we called the do-over, and that we would just simply ask the kids, you know, do you, would you like a do-over? You know, you had a little tantrum there, you allow hissy fit, you know, would you like to have a do-over? But it was really important for us to remember that sometimes we had to ask for that do-over too and go back and say, you know, I'm really sorry, I lost my cool and I would like to have a do-over, would you, would you give me that? And it just is teaching them that, like, like all of you have said, none of us are perfect. None of us have arrived to that. And, and I think that's really important because we don't need to set a standard for our kids that they are going to be perfect when they're parents because they won't. And I think it's okay to show them that we'll mess up, but what to do with that and how to handle that relationally. So I think that's really important. So, um, okay, so some of you do have grown children, and some of you are still uh, helping your children grow. I guess all of us are still at whatever age. Karen, can I get an amen over there? Yeah. Um, So, but if there's anything you could do different back in the days when they were much younger, is uh, what would that be? Is there something that you wish you could have done different or would have done different uh, in your child's faith, particularly pertaining to their faith journeys? I think that, um, yeah, so my children are 35 this week. Oh, my child's oldest child's going to be 35. Okay, sorry. So <laughs> 35 to 24, and um, I pulled the crowd, and basically, and I, this is what I felt too, was that when I was in my own crises, when I was having my own life crises, because guess what, you're going to have them no matter what. I kind of had this sort of mental thought that was wrong, is that they were somehow frozen in ice being just fine Mm. while I was struggling. And I really wish that I had um, kind of gotten mentors and other people from my church, from my friends, to check on them when I was not doing okay. So that, of course, um, makes it where you have to admit that you're having a hard time and then ask somebody that you trust to help you out, you know, and to ask your kids. So my kids were like teenagers when I was having some really tough times. And instead of, you know, admitting that readily, um, I just felt like, are you guys okay? Okay. And they were not okay in some ways. And um, I did eventually get some helpful people involved in their lives. But when they look back on that, that's what they say is like, you were kind of checked out in your own troubles. And we really needed you or somebody to be there for us. So that's probably the thing I most regret is that I didn't pay attention to that. Anyone else? Yeah, I reckon I'm the the other one that's got grown kids, right? (laughs) Yeah, no from the peanut. By the way, uh, one of mine is back there running running sound. And if my my voice gets cut off, it's because he doesn't (laughs) like what I'm saying. He's, he's got the kill switch, just in case. He's, he's got the kill switch back there. So um, probably in their, in, their, in their faith walk, probably one of the things that uh, um, 
if you want to call it a regret, uh, uh, would be that um, I uh, did not establish a defined time where we could, whether it be study or pray or talk uh, about our specific faith. We, uh, um, we, it was important that uh, uh, our children uh, come with us to, to church. We encouraged them to, uh, to participate in, in the activities. We, uh, um, um, we encouraged them um, to, 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 to seek um, what, the, what the scriptures had to say about uh, how they should live their life. Uh, and we still do. Uh, but I think one of the things that, again, what we didn't do is we didn't have a defined time that, you know, whether it be, and it doesn't have to be an hour. Uh, and I was, when I was, when I got the, the questions and I was mulling on, I was like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it doesn't have to be just something where just, you know, we, uh, we start off with something simple. It might be, hey, let's, let's read a passage or two or let's, Let's talk about uh, some issue. And I think probably that was one that uh, I look back and, and I wish that I would have set up, um, um, you know, with Mary uh, to say, hey, let's, let's get together, you know, Sunday evening, 6 o'clock. Let's just set a little side of time, not, not the whole evening, and let's just do this and, and go from there. And I think, um, um, uh, I think that might have been... I think that might have been a little bit better. Sure. Yeah, um, so those who don't know me, I had um, two children, one, um, one 12 years older. And so my take was um, I didn't really start my faith journey till my um, oldest child was 10. And what I think I regret the most was that I didn't take him along. I think I felt like... I had to learn everything first before I really shared it with him. And I came, um, I was married for many, many years to his his father who was um, not on the faith journey with me. And so it took me a long time to find um, some other ladies that were in my, and um, were in the kind of same situation I was. And I was, we got a little group together and we were able to share how we, um, how we were meeting our kids' needs when we were in um, in a marriage with only one partner that was pursuing Jesus. And um, I did that really late. And I, I wish I had just started earlier with him and really just um, started sharing my faith as I learned my faith. And we could have learned together instead of trying to get it all straight in my head before, um, you know, we talked much about it. So I do have that regret. I feel like I'm still in the in the middle. Um, yeah. So our kids are uh, like six to fourteen. Um, so I don't feel like I have the, the quite the vantage of of looking back. Of the looking back point. yet? Thank yeah. You. Actively still in it. Um, well, thank you guys for sharing those things. Now I want to shift gears just a little bit because you I, I know 
all of your children to some degree, and um, there are some awesome things that you did too that I have been able to see in their lives. So what do you feel like you did well? Um, and not, not a, you know, I'm not asking you to, to boast. I know that would make you all incredibly uncomfortable. But as a tip or a way, something you could recommend to others as they're, as they're teaching their young children or interacting with uh, little kids in their lives. Well, I think for me, um, my profession is mental health counseling. So I'm a person of words and in crafting them well to give affirmation and also to help my kids feel encouraged in their life and their struggles. And so all of my kids, I think, have mentioned to me over the years that they're very appreciative of the fact that I, I've always worked very hard to connect with them wherever they are. And I think that's a really big thing in today's world. Like, I know we were all laughing at the video when the guy's <laughs> looking at his phone. And I, I'm just really grateful that I don't and didn't have to raise my kids mm. with smartphones in the house. And I just want to say to those of you who are, I pray for you. <laughs> because that is super, that is so hard. I mean, when my kids were younger, it was mostly video games. And so I would just sit on the floor and play video games, even though I'm going to tell you, I do not like them and I stink at them. But they would laugh. They thought that was hilarious and wonderful that I was trying. And I was just trying to speak their language. I was just trying to connect and to help them to feel like everything that they were going through was important. And I think that's a really big deal that I see a lot, too, in parenting people who come to me for parenting issues and counseling and also for just watching, observing, is that we tend to, as we grow, we think, oh, that's not an important problem. Mm. You know, oh, you're having a hard time with your buddy in fourth grade. That's not a big deal. But I want to tell you, to them, that's their life. Mm -hmm. That's their day-to-day -day experience. And you have to get into that with them and help them to feel that they are not alone in whatever is happening in their world. And I think that was the biggest thing that my kids remarked on is that I always worked, well, always, as best I could. I told you about the part I didn't do good. <laughs> but I worked as hard as I could to get into where they were. And sometimes, it, well, a lot of times it was pretty terrifying <laughs> because of that fear we have of par as parents of the things that they could get into and because well, we, we know as parents how hard life is. But they just needed that more than anything in the whole world is just somebody to be with them. I think, you know, you keep talking about like being authentic and being present and I think that's something that for Scott and I, um, from the time Evelyn could ask us questions, um, our decision was we will tell you absolutely honestly in an age-appropriate way the answer to your question. So regarding their faith, there are no, <clears throat> we don't try to sugarcoat or make anything um, seem better than it is. And so when they ask hard questions, we are okay giving them hard answers or I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and we're okay with that. And we're okay with them going, well, I don't know if I want to believe that. And it's, our, it's been our decision and Scott's been a great model for this, um, that God is big enough to represent himself mm -hmm. 
And he does not need us to create a soft landing for our children in regards to um, that the world is a difficult place. Of course, we want to be their safe place, but we don't need to pretend that you're going to get everything you want if you just follow Jesus. Um, he doesn't need us to do things that make the world seem different than it is because he's big enough and he's good enough and he is just enough. And so when our kids ask questions that are hard and I'd like to be able to say to them, oh, you're never going to be in danger. You're never going to be afraid because God's with you. That's not true. They are going to be afraid. They are going to be in danger. They are going to struggle. But God is with them. And he is with them in those things. And so I think I've, we've gotten to see the fruit of being honest with our kids and real with them in how they keep coming to us with things. And right, they're just, they're almost 13 and 15, the older two and the little two, you know, aren't in that space yet. But I'm really thankful to, in these hard teen years where they're facing so many hard things, that they know they can come to us and their friends have learned that they can come to us with hard things and get honest answers. And um, we keep we keep steering them towards God, but I'm so glad God's big enough that he doesn't need me to to make anything untrue about him. Mm. Um, but he will draw them in to himself. And we we just get to be the honest people passing forward what we know to be true. That's so great. Larry or Sherry, have you guys got anything? Sure. <laughs> passing the buck on Larry. Well, uh, okay. Um, no, for me, I think... Um, service. It was um, always wanting to spend time with my kids, and I, I tried to find stuff that I could serve others in that my kids could be involved in. Um, I think John Stott taught my daughter how to use power tools. Um, <laughs> Mine that too. was really awesome. But I mean, even as you know, even as little kids, it's you know, help me bake some cookies for a friend who is is down and. Um, or, you know, if they can, if they're old enough to, we have sometimes, um, some smaller children at serve, which I'm always joy. They're really good at bagging groceries and taking stuff to cars and we always find a job for them. So, um, I think that's wonderful because I think that builds community mm -hmm. and I mean, community helps you just keep coming back and it, and community helps you explore your faith more because people have different perspectives and, and and studied different areas of the Bible and had different faith journeys. And you learn so much from your community that I think spending time in small groups through service mm. gives you an opportunity to talk. And I've really enjoyed that time, especially with my daughter. Mm. That's awesome. Larry? Um, I think with us, um, the thing has been um, loving them where they're at especially in times when their, their beliefs um, conflict with ours, um, especially in uh, potentially faith-based areas, um, and then reinforcing that love and, and making sure they understand that I may not agree with what you're talking about, but, but I love you, and you, you may have made some decisions I don't agree with, but I love you, and I'm gonna love you, and I'm, um, and and to me, um, 
you know, demonstrating that love and telling them over and over again um, that I love them and, and you know, um, I'm with them and they are, they are so important. They are a gift um, in, in my life. And, um, but reinforcing, uh, reinforcing that love, um, like I said, especially when um, some decisions have been made that, like I said, just I, I, I don't agree with. And, and that's a hard thing for me to do because when, uh, when, someone, when someone doesn't disagree with me, there's the part of me that wants to, to fight. And, and that's not the time to do that. That's the time to, to hold and kiss and cry with and enjoy. I think, I, I think it's important to note that each one of you, again, had a great touch point for how we can act out our faith in any relationship, not just with our kids. I think everything that they said is critical to any relationship that you are, if you are influencing someone who is not, a, is, is not on a faith journey or if they are, but just are still um, learning and growing like we all are. I think it's really important, everything that you said. So um, thank you for that. And that makes it, uh, get, like I said, gives a touch point to everybody. So um, this next question is really difficult. It was one, again, it was one that was submitted. Don't everyone feel like you have to answer? I would like to ask Karen to answer this one because of the nature of the question, if you don't mind. Um, so for sure, Karen, and then if somebody else has thoughts, feel free to jump in. Um, help, my child is exhibiting self-harm behaviors. What does that mean, and how can I help? What should I do or not do? Okay, yeah, really important question. Um, it's become much more prevalent in our society among young people and all people, to be honest. Um, and first of all, I just want to say that, you know, your child, if they're exhibiting that, they're a human being. <laughs> they're, you know, they're, they're like you. They're just maybe struggling with life in a different way than you are. So try not to be too afraid. I think parent fear is like the thing that freezes us the most and keeps us from inaction. And like what Larry was saying about just moving towards a person who is struggling, it's the same thing with this issue too. Move towards that. Try not to ignore it or downplay it. Or It is a serious um, request for assistance is what self-harm is. It's a high-level request for help. And so you need to move towards that. If you, obviously I have to say this as a, as a therapist, please seek help from a professional. I think it would, that, that would be super important. I do some short-term, you know, connecting with parents on that issue, and then they're able to go from there. It's not like it's going to take a huge amount of time. It's just very important, though, that you get assistance. Um, I think it's really important to have boundaries, too, with with young people that are experiencing this issue to, you know, let them know this is what happens in those situations. We're going to take this seriously. We're going to get you some help. We're going to be with you. We're not walking away from you. We're not going to leave you or we're going to be with you in this situation. And, and we have great hope. This can be resolved. It is not a hopeless situation. So if you can believe that deeply in your faith walk, you can translate that to your young person. This is something we're going to get through, and we are going to do it together. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Sherry? Yeah, I, I can't add too much to what Karen just said. I mean, just I, I've also had to, to deal 
with this and you know it's shock it's shocking i mean i just i i didn't grow up with this a lot i being exposed in my generation so when it comes from your kids it's just like shocking um but you just have to you know you have to walk with them through this you know don't you just can't shame them and 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 also you can't shame yourself right because mm. you feel like sometimes when you have this stuff you oh, is that my fault that my kid is doing this and you need you need to find someone you trust, whether it's a therapist, a friend, and be open about it and have them help you walk through this with your child. Um, you know, we we went, worked with my child to find um, a licensed counselor that suited them instead of just, you know, random. I, I talked to parents. I, you know, I met with a couple counselors. We changed a couple times and found one that was able to walk through them and, and let them know that, there is a light. They don't, you know, this is coming from a dark place, but we don't want to keep it in the dark. We want to bring it to the light and solve it and move forward. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> so this next one was, uh, um, I think we talked a little bit about it, but, uh, but I'm tempted to raise my voice to get my kids' attention. I need tools to, uh, that, to help me avoid this and help it with an exclamation point was added to the question. Um, I think uh, yeah, anybody that wants to contribute to that, that would, be, that would be awesome. But again, I'd like to point out that this isn't just in our dealings with our children, just in the world that we live in and particularly with the access to social media, everyone listen to this answer. <laughs> we all need to hear it, I think. So somebody shock us with your wisdom. <laughs> no, my, my daughter recognizes my deep sigh because she knows that that's usually what precedes the loud voice. <laughs> um, so now she recognizes it and she's like, okay, mom, mom's serious. So tip number one, give a signal ahead yes. of time. So okay, I got it. My deep breath is a deep sigh. It's a deep so sigh. that's, yeah. Um, I think, so we're right in this space, right, where mm -hmm. we have four kids and there's always, when you have Four kids, there's always somebody that's not happy. Um, it's inevitable. And there's always a high volume, right? And there's always, we're, well, we're all loud, all six of us. And so it's just inevitable. There's a lot of noise and there's somebody that's unhappy and the dog's probably doing something. So my instinct to raise my voice is, you know, it's happening a lot. Um, and I, I do fail at that almost every day. Um, but one of the best things that I have learned to ask myself is, um, what is my child's behavior make why is it making me want to yell um and i hate to use the word trigger because i know that's like a popular word right now but what but what is it triggering in me and usually my kid is doing something that i wasn't allowed to do <laughs> and that i got punished for um or something that i perceive a child who respects their parents shouldn't do so it displaces my belief about myself and i i'm struggling to believe that i'm the authority and the reality is sometimes I'm not the authority, right? I mean, they're gonna listen to themselves and they're, they're not going to listen to me. And then I have to decide what to do with that. And if I can decide ahead of time that I'm not going to let my own shame about my parenting or my own childhood stuff or, or whatever it is, because usually it's, it's something more. And we, we don't wanna think that because it's like, oh, it's just an interaction with your kids. But really, like those moments add up over time and Really, the reason we're yelling at our kids is probably something more mm. 
maybe we're tired, maybe we're out of patience, maybe we don't feel well. There's a lot that can cause us to want to yell at somebody. Um, but these little people, like Karen has said, they are whole humans. Mm. Um, and they have the right to be respected as well. Mm. And if I want to be respected, my little people also deserve to be respected. And, um, you know, that it used to be that children respected their parents and... and there really wasn't the expectation, right? That, mm. like, nobody ever talked about respecting your children. Um, and I think as generations have come by, more and more we are seeing the fruit of respecting our children, even as small people. Mm. And um, so working through that, like, why am I wanting to yell right now? What it, It's about me. It's really mm. my issue, not theirs. Does anybody have anything else to share there? Yeah, I'm... Jude will confirm I'm really good at yelling. <laughs> really good at the yelling. I like that. Well, so here's some, here's, uh, there are several more questions, but as we predicted, because there's so much good information, so many good questions, so many good answers, we are actually out of time. But here's some great news. Uh, you guys will all have access to the questions, and then hopefully we can, it, you can engage in the conversation. You can, I'm sure, reach out to any of these people, anyone on staff, about the answers to the questions that we didn't get to. They're going to be in the going deeper this week, um, so I encourage you to engage with that. And like I said, go through that maybe with your growth group or with your families or uh, with any of your any of the circles that you're in. Uh, I apologize that we didn't get to get to all the questions. We were worried about that because some of them were pretty heavy, and we wanted to hear from from our amazing panel um, on each one of them. So, um, can we take just a moment and thank this awesome panel? I'm so grateful for them. We're great. We're grateful for them always. But as someone who does spend a lot of time on this stage, I still know how nerve-wracking it is to get up here and speak and talk into a microphone and in front of a bunch of people and fill in the blank, fill in the blank. It's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. And these all, uh, everyone here agreed graciously. Larry, a little bit kicking and screaming, but not much, <laughs> not much. So thank you guys so much. Um, I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm gonna send us out. So if you guys would bow your heads and pray with me. God, thank you so much for this community. Thank you for the reminders that you give us through these conversations and others that we aren't meant to go on this journey alone. We are, in, we are designed to crave community with others, with you, and to learn from others about you. So God, when we're wrestling with these hard things as we go through these next couple of weeks, um, I, I just pray that you would help us be open to all of the people in our lives that you have placed for us to, to learn from and to share with. Because I do think a, a big part of that is that you're asking us to, be, to open ourselves and be vulnerable and share that first there are hard things. So God, um, thank you for this community in particular that um, is just embracing that and saying that, that not just, not only as we are interacting with our kids, but also as we're interacting with all of our relationships, God, that you have equipped us with the tools like groups, like um, a, a church community where we can be on this journey together. God, um, thank you for designing it that way, that, that we would pursue you along with others. 
Um, God, it helps us all when we are honest, when we are living our authentic lives, and it certainly helps those that we have influence over when we are modeling um, our pursuit of you to them. So, God, thank you for that. Help us look for the ways that we can continue to do that in our everyday lives. And, God, I pray for um, just this community as we move through the rest of these questions, uh, all of the challenges that come from the places that people are 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 um, in as they shared these questions. God, we love you and we trust you for the answers and we uh, just praise you today and we pray in your name, amen. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday when we're gonna talk about, or we're gonna have panelists speaking about youth, teenagers. You won't wanna miss that for sure. Bring popcorn, it's gonna be fun to watch. <laughs>